The theme of this message is simply wait on the Lord. One morning, several years ago now, I uh, woke up before the rest of the family, and on this particular morning, I, I did something different. I uh, walked into the living room and opened up the blinds, and uh, I'm sorry, walked into the dining room, opened up the blinds, and our, our dining room faces east. And uh, in the darkness, I thought I would just sit there and pray and wait for the sun to rise. And I just waited in the darkness, in the silence, and in the stillness. Uh, after some time, I began to see a, a, a faint glimmer of, of light in the sky. Now, of course, there were homes blocking my view of the horizon, so I, I was not going to see the sun's grand entrance into the world, but nevertheless, I wanted to see the sky brighten. And as the sky slowly began to brighten, there were, I remember there were some clouds that uh, hung low, and uh, all of a sudden, the clouds were illuminated with this uh, dusty rose glow. And in its own way, it was beautiful, and I, I smiled. About this time, I, I noticed something else. In the house, directly behind us, somebody must have gotten up early, walked into their den or family room, which is at the back of their house, and flipped on the TV. Now, their den is a, it's a bank of windows, and uh, so... You know, I couldn't see the person or the TV. Weird. They were too far away. Uh, but I could tell that somebody was in there and the TV was on, and it attracted my attention uh, because as I, as I looked into that room, uh, the changing of the TV scenes uh, created this uh, flickering glow in the whole room because no other lights were on, just, just the TV. And so the room would be all pink. And then all of a sudden, it quickly flashed to a green, and then a blue, and then a red, and then back to a blue and a green and a pink, and just became this flickering hues of color. And it's kind of interesting to watch for a little bit. And uh, so this attracted my attention. And then all of a sudden, I thought, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm sitting here supposed to be praying and you know, waiting for the sun to rise and looking at this. And so I... I looked back up into the sky, and uh, my beautiful clouds there were just regular clouds now, and the, the sky had, had gotten brighter. And so I sat for a, a few more moments in the silence there, and what shall we say? I, I sensed a lesson in the light. Very often in life, we settle for what's exciting, for what brings a thrill, and that captures our attention. Uh, reality can be entertaining flashes of light from a little box in a little room when, in fact, something much bigger is going on, the sunrise. It's not quick, it may not be exciting, 
but it's constant and it is enduring. Too often we settle for the glitter and the glamour of this world and fail to recognize the glory and the grandeur of Almighty God and His way and His kingdom. How do we see life from God's perspective? How do we understand the value of the sunrise and not get distracted with other things? Well, we do this by waiting on the Lord in prayer. Waiting on the Lord. Do you like to wait? That's the first point. The second point is, what does it take to wait? And then third, what are we waiting for? So first, do you like to wait? Uh, that morning at the dining room table, to be honest with you, I, I quite enjoyed my waiting for the sunrise. It was, it was peaceful and it was prayerful. Uh, but to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not a I like waiting type of person. And probably most of you are not either. Yes? In our world, waiting is bad. A good life is a life of less waiting. When it comes to traffic and travel, when it comes to food, when it comes to people, when it comes to what we want, less waiting, the better. For those who know me, I'm generally... A, a positive lad, good attitude on, on life. Uh, but to be honest with you, the one thing that can just, just challenge my positive attitude is traffic. Now, I'm no one to complain. I walk four blocks to work every day. Uh, but still, you know, traffic, ugh, it just kind of gets under my skin. Uh, the other problem is uh, waiting in a line. Like if you're in a store and it's crowded and you have to pick a line to wait in. I don't know about you, but for some reason, I mean, I don't plan this. This is, this is my grandfather's fault, maybe, DNA. So I don't know. But for some reason, it's a competition. So I, I choose a line, and then I'm looking. <laughs> Whose line is going faster? And if my line's going faster, there's some satisfaction to this. But if my line is slower, I'm like, oh, I should have chose that line. I knew it. Why? In business, waiting uh, is bad. You need to reduce weight. Uh, you know, I never really, I, I never shop at Bed Bath & Beyond, but I did this week. Valentine's Day. Yes. So I'm, I was second in line at Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay? This is fine. Everything is fine. My product the manager walks by and says, you'll be helped in just a minute. Sorry for your wait. I was not frustrated. This is really not that big of a wait, but on, on her mind, it was like, oh, I need to get less waiting for the customers. Well, Psalm 130 is a, a penitential psalm. Uh, as you heard, it's a, it's a psalm of, of confession. And uh, what, does, what does waiting on God do? I believe that it helps us to discern 
what really matters in life. And to get it, what really matters in life, uh, this isn't a hurry-up process. This is waiting on the Lord. I just picked two things. There's more than this, but two things that really matter in life. Two attributes of God. The holiness of God and the love of God. Because of God's holiness, we need to repent of sin. And the psalmist understands God's holiness. And, oh, Lord, forgive me as I wait upon you in prayer. But this waiting is also hopeful as well. Why? Because God is love. And as we wait on the Lord... We are able to truly not just understand, but, but live with the reality that, that God is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. And we also live with God as, as a God of love. And through Jesus, he calls us his children and desires to bring us close to him. These are realities that we should live with every day of our lives, and we can understand them in a deeper way by waiting on the Lord. Verse 4, but with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. We trust in God's love expressed to us through forgiveness. Verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. Uh, waiting is also a theme throughout the psalm. Psalm 27, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Psalm 37, wait for the Lord and keep his way. How should we apply this to our lives? We need to remember that waiting and waiting upon the Lord it's a part of God's plan. And the plan is not to increase our frustration, but it is to build trust. I need that message. You need that message. So often waiting, it, it increases our frustration. But part of God's plan, through the waiting, it is to build trust. So, some reflections on do you like to wait and what we can learn from it. Uh, what does it take to wait? What does it take to wait? Uh, back to the sunrise. Um, it took patience. Uh, the sun, or the earth's rotation, is not according to my schedule and my desires. So I've just got to wait. But also in the waiting, there was a hopefulness. As I waited, even though the sun wasn't up yet, I knew it would come. With hope, I waited for the sunrise. As we think about our world, in our world there's a lack of patience with God. People don't have time to wait for God. We can do so much on our own. We can solve our problems. We have ability, we have power, we've got a plan, an agenda, 
that we're going to execute to make sure life works out the way we want it to work out. And so many people lose patience when it comes to waiting on the Lord. Also in our world, there can be a lack of hope in God. And we put our hope in other things, even though they're temporary and when you think about it, it doesn't make sense, but, but still we put our hope in other things. I think about a historical event. I'm going to ask you here. Uh, anybody can respond to this except for Brother Roloff's here. This Brother Roloff's can respond, though. Okay. So, um, in 79 AD, a city was destroyed by a volcano. What was the name of that city? Anybody? It begins with the letter P. Oh, oh you're there. Oh, this is very good historical congregation. So, uh, Mount Vesuvius, a blue, and Pompeii was situated at, at such a location that cinder and ash fell like heavy rain upon that city and basically preserved the city. Uh, It even preserved people in the positions they were in when they died. They found a skeleton of a man crouched by a wall, clutching a bag of money. When I, when I read that, I thought that money, that was his hope. He wasn't going to let go of that money. But now as, as we look at the scene, we discover what an empty hope more money uh, truly is. Psalm 130 I wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Waiting for the Lord requires patient submission. This is part of the problem. Human pride, submission. But true waiting for the Lord requires patient submission, and it also comes with hope. A hope that no matter what you're in in life, God is there. God is present. God is working. And God has a sovereign plan. And so, we wait and hope because it will. It will be all right. That hope should stir deep within us when we wait on the Lord. How do we apply this to our lives? Well, uh, for myself, I think uh, a lifestyle of waiting uh, leads me to more patience with people and more patience simply with God, trusting in Him. Now, I have a wonderful occupation that... uh, encourages me in patience with people every day. It's very good. Um, but how is, how is God calling you to be more patient with, with those around you and just being more patient with God as well? 
So there was once I was uh, out with my wife, and uh, she uttered the words, I need to stop at Target quickly. I, I didn't want to go to Target. I wanted to go home. But really, I mean, she's helping, she's helping us all by doing this. I had no good excuse. Like, all right, honey, we will stop at Target. So uh, we walk in. This was the one by Yorktown Mall. And there's some uh, tables and chairs <clears throat> up at the front, right? So I said to my wife, this would be much better if I wait here as opposed to trailing you through the store. So she said, fine. So I said, I'll, I, I will wait go shopping. So I sat down, and uh, I was like, oh boy, how long is this going to be? How much money is she going to spend? And uh, then I thought, you know what? I will, I will wait on the Lord. And so there in Target, I closed my eyes, and I bowed my head. So to a passerby, it looked like, you know, a guy snoozing. But really, I was, I was just spending some time in quiet and uh, in prayer. And uh, first, in my prayer time, I had to deal with what was going on inside me, the desire not to wait. And, but I, I was honest with that. And, and uh, I just uh, stilled myself. You know, this is not really a big deal. And uh, I just began to be quiet and to pray. And uh, this has never happened uh, before or again, but I really got into a wonderful time of prayer in Target, uh, even with people walking by and all of this. It, I knew it was real because when my wife was done and she tapped me on the shoulder, she said, are you ready to go? And I almost responded, not yet. Well, this was a little uh, story of how God was teaching me uh, to be patient, well, with my wife, but also just simply to be patient in prayer uh, as well and waiting on the Lord. Uh, Psalm 5, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. So what does it take to wait? A patience, a patient submission, and a hope. And then third, what are you waiting for? That morning at the dining room table, I was waiting for the sunrise. Our world is waiting for the, the next TV show, for what is thrilling and excitement. What can capture our attention? Psalm 130, we have a watchman who is waiting for the sunrise, waiting for the morning. And as we look at this psalm, there's times in our lives in which we are waiting for God's will to be done. We are waiting for Almighty God to fulfill his good promises. There are numerous biblical examples of waiting. One of the most famous examples, of course, is, is Abraham and Sarah. God promises them a child. 
and through the line of Abraham, the world will be blessed. They waited 25 years until Isaac was born. A lesser known story of waiting is Isaac and Rebekah. Between, the Bible says this, between their marriage and the birth of Jacob and Esau, they waited 20 years. Talk about waiting. I think about the birth of Jesus, and, and Jesus is brought into the temple, and there's a Simeon and an Anna. These are two people that were waiting and waiting for the Messiah to come. And, and before they passed away, they could, they could hold baby Jesus and see God's promise fulfilled. There are examples in the Bible of waiting. And so I ask you tonight, what are... What are you uh, waiting for? Uh, there was a time in my life where I waited for two and a half years for God's direction. And at the end of two and a half years, that's when my family moved from, from Colorado uh, to here uh, for myself back uh, to Illinois. Are you waiting for spiritual growth, uh, freedom from a certain sin, uh, waiting for a particular prayer being answered. Uh, since I'm a, a teacher and I think about uh, recent uh, graduates waiting for direction in life. Maybe it's waiting on the Lord for how he is calling you to, to serve in the church. I don't know what it is, but what is God calling you to to wait upon the Lord in prayer for. Uh, that morning at the dining room table, in one sense, I did not accomplish much. But I will tell you, there was spiritual fruit in my life from that morning of prayer. Waiting is a part of life. Waiting requires patience and hope. Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, and he heard my cry. As I think about waiting and the season of Lent, waiting involves a dying to self. It involves a sacrifice of sorts. And as Psalm 130 closes with the theme of redemption and as of waiting as a dying to self, I want to close uh, this sermon uh, with one of my favorite Bible passages. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen.